Quarterback position playing big roles tonight already in the first quarter. Ramsey steps up, gets through some traffic, stretching things out. How about the speed on Peyton Ramsey? It's a touchdown. But Northwestern's coaching staff confident about the depth they have at the running back position. Drake Anderson in there now with his second straight carry. Weaving his way back across the field. He's got a cavalry in front. Anderson, touchdown. That's Bowser in the flat. Ramsey's got him for the touchdown. Ball into Northwestern territory now. Tungabailoa steps up. Deep middle into double coverage. And it's intercepted by Coco Azima. We'll see all year, by far. But as far as we go, it's impressive. Evan Hall puts Northwestern over 300 yards of total rushing in this game, and he's into the end zone. Gary Barnett and Randy Walker, and the, and the guys that have really gone before him, um, and he said, this win is not about me. It's about all the players that I've had a chance to coach and the families I've been to be a part of, and it's a 100th win for Pat Fitzgerald. Go Cats. Well, that certainly was fun last Saturday night. Northwestern with the big time 43-3 win. We were all excited about the new offense, but I didn't, at least I didn't think it would go that well. Credit to Big Ten Network and Chris Vosters and Jay Lehman on the call of that win for Northwestern on Big Ten Network. And that was that was a lot of fun. Kind of making up for last year, the offense we had to watch last year, especially in Big Ten play. But, man, Twitter, we had a good time on Twitter on Saturday, didn't we? But I'm Jack Heinrich. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Views from Section 107 podcast. First one after a game, first one after a win, and, boy, was that a fun game, 43-3. to Tweet me at Jack Heinrich 22 on Twitter to get involved on there. That, that was just That's about as good as an opening game can go especially with all the changes Northwestern has made on the offensive side of the ball. Peyton Ramsey, is the Heisman race over? Give it to Peyton Ramsey. He played a great game. A lot of that getting thrown around on Twitter. Just a great rushing attack. Over 300 yards, like you heard Chris Voster say. It was just an all-around great effort. Three interceptions from the defense, four turnovers. That is what you want to see from your team in the opening game. And that's what we saw from Northwestern, 43-3. to I thought they'd win 27 27- 14, somewhere in that range. Struggle a little bit on the offensive side, trying to get adapted to the offense. Nope, it looks like they've been running this for a long time. But Maryland, Northwestern, Northwestern gets the big-time win in this episode. We'll recap the game, and then we'll look ahead to Iowa Week, the big rivalry game for Northwestern. First road game going to Iowa City this Saturday on Halloween. But Peyton Ramsey... The Northwestern offense and defense really just really sound in all three phases. Charlie Kubander made all of his kicks. Three of three hit a 43-yarder, and he looked like he had plenty of distance on that kick on his way to Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Second time that Kubander has won that in his career. Last time was October 16th, 2017. But Peyton Ramsey, great debut, 23 of 30 for 212 yards and a passing touchdown. He also ran the ball seven times for 47 yards and a rushing touchdown. Northwestern did not have a single game last year where a quarterback threw for over 200 yards. Ramsey gets it done in the first game. 
Drake Anderson really standing out in the backfield with 10 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown and seven different receivers for Northwestern got a catch. John Rain led the way with 55 catches for 53. And you just look down the list, Ramad Chakio Bowman, Malik Washington, Riley Lees, Jesse Brown, Isaiah Bowser, Kyrick McGowan, really spreading the ball around. And a bunch of guys got carries at the end of the game. We even saw Cam Porter, who's our true first year this year. He got some time running the football. Evan Hall was listed on this depth chart. He had a 30-yard touchdown that you heard in the highlights at the beginning of this. Just a great all-around game for Northwestern. On the defensive side, the two young guys were wondering how it would look with Greg Newsom out and Travis Willock opting out. Brandon Joseph and Rod Hurd led the team in tackles with Joseph with seven and Hurd with six. So the two young guys getting it done there. And Hurd looked pretty solid on the outside. Did have a pass interference penalty. But other than that, was making plays. Nothing too noteworthy from those guys getting beat. And that's what you want to see. And Joseph played really well as well. Two sacks, four quarterback hurries, three interceptions. J.R. Pace, A.J. Hampton, and Coco Zima. And then Cam Porter recovered the fumble on that kickoff from Maryland. It's just, that's what you want. Northwestern didn't get a bunch of turnovers last year. Got four in this game. Was able to run the ball and pass the ball. Run for 325 and pass for 212. On their way to a monster off- offensive output in the game. Just a great all-around game. 537 total yards and only 207 from Maryland. So that's a complete team effort. Last year is a lot of the defense leading the way, keeping Northwestern in games and the offense kind of lagging behind. This time, complete team effort. And that team effort culminated into Pat Fitzgerald getting win number 100. Now, he was only four wins away heading into last year. Northwestern only gets three. It took a while, but Fitz finally gets win number 100, and here's what he had to say about that. Well, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's humbling. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's about our players. It's about our staff. It's about our players' families. It's about our staff's families. You know, so many people have contributed to this, and, you know, I, I printed out a list. Hopefully it was going to happen last year. It didn't, but I, I'm just – I'm just looking at our captains, right? I'm looking at two pages of captains and to see what they're doing for a living now, like fetch public relations and, you know, one's in the army and I'm not going to tell you his branch, but he's, he's a special guy and Boston scientific and Dexa fit and GRNE solutions and guys in the NFL and coaching at Yale, you know, corporate partnership guy at the uh, executive with the Falcons, Kirkland and Ellis lawyer. I mean, Chubb insurance. I'm just, these are just the highlighted guys, you know, uh, River on AXIA Consulting with the Vikings, NFL with the Colts, Cleveland Navy Business Management Associate, you know, Clayton with the court, you know, playing, Justin playing, Tyler playing. Um, it, it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's Montre playing. I mean, it's about the players. It's about their families. And uh, I'm just so proud of those guys, and I'm honored to be their coach. And to all those that played here, I'm sorry it took so long to get to 100. And to our fans, I'm sorry. Uh, but hopefully the next hundred will go a lot faster. Classic response there from Fitz kind of deflecting the praise, showing all the people that have worked hard to help him get there and kind of cool to see what all these people do. Some are still playing in the NFL, like the guys he mentioned, and some are doing other stuff that are really, some really, really cool stuff. But Fitz, finally we get that 100th win for Fitz. It's out of the way. We don't need to talk about it anymore. And Northwestern gets win number one in a big way. And this is just exactly what you want to see from Northwestern coming out. We didn't know what the offense would look like. We thought it would be better, but a 43-point explosion is just 
exactly what you wanted to see. You didn't. I didn't think that they would get that high. Let me know what your reaction was on Twitter at Jack Heinrich twenty two. Did you did you expect this? I didn't expect this, and I saw on Twitter everybody was having a good time scoring all these points. And Mike Bajakian, that's the guy I picked for Team MVP, and man, he came through in Game One. And just the way that they were able to move the ball. I mean, he was just scheming guys wide open. And Ramsey, accurate passing the ball down the field. They were converting third downs was a big thing that stood out to me. Even third and longs, third and seven, eight, nine. Ramsey had time from the offensive line. And he was throwing it downfield with great accuracy and hitting people. And a lot of these guys, the receivers were schemed open. And that was what Bajikian's philosophy is to get the ball in space to your playmakers. And they definitely did that, and they spread the ball around a lot. Like I said, seven different Wildcats got a reception. And on the offensive line, I mean, they paved the way for 325 yards rushing. That was kind of a question mark for me, seeing what they would do, how they would praise Rashawn Slater. And Peter Skaronsky did pretty well. I mean, I didn't really notice anything that he did poorly, which is good on the offensive line when you're not noticing any of that stuff. For the most part, they protected Ramsey pretty well. And... They paved the way on the running game. I mean, a couple times there's a couple of mistakes, but overall, great performance in Skaronsky. I mean, kid, high, one of the highest-rated recruits Northwestern's ever gotten. Played solid left tackle, blindside. Looked like he did pretty well, and hopefully he keeps getting better and better. And Kurt Anderson met the media, the O-line coach, on Wednesday, and he said he was solid overall, but he's got a lot to work on, and there's better football ahead. And if that's what's in the future for Peter Skaronsky, that is a great, great sign for Northwestern. But going back to the guy that was – kind of in charge of the offense, Mike Bajakian. Here's what Pat Fitzgerald had to say about the first game for his new offensive coordinator. Well, first of all, I thought, you know, just the whole week in, in the way that he approached things, Eli, was, you know, you could tell he's a veteran. He's been through a lot of a lot of games. Um, you know, he had a very, I, I think, sound mindset on what he wanted to do offensively with our weapons. You heard him talk about that. You know, he, his philosophy is to get the ball into our playmakers' hands in advantageous uh, uh, matchups and, uh, you know, to see the way that he did that tonight, very calm on the headphones, great, great conversation from a dialogue standpoint with the entire offensive staff. Uh, you would have thought that this was their 50th, uh, 70th, hundredth game together. I mean, they've had, uh, I, again, I think they've meshed and molded really well. It's a credit to Dennis Springer uh, and Lou Ianni and Bob Hefner and Kurt Anderson uh, to come in with Jake is Jake comes in and, and, and puts his offense in for all those guys to come together and embrace it and create solutions for our players. So, um, you know, great first one, uh, but a lot of work to do and, and, and great opponents ahead of us. And we've got a, we've got a lot of work to do to keep getting better. So high praise from the head man, Pat Fitzgerald and his new offensive coordinator, Mike Bajakian, great debut for him. I mean, Maryland, they they were projected last or pretty close to the bottom of the big 10 by a lot of places. So you can kind of, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. Maryland's not good, but that's exactly what you want to do to the teams that aren't good is blow them out. And I remember last year, Northwestern beat UMass 45 to six. And I was sitting there at the game, just thinking this is the worst a team has looked in a 45 to six blowout. Like you didn't feel good after the game or feel any better about how the season was going. They still struggled to score. They still were throwing interceptions in that game, but UMass was just worse this game, this game, you could tell that Northwestern was the better team and they asserted their dominance and blew out Maryland, and it was great to see. So 1-0 Northwestern, they got about 20 votes in both polls around there, give or take a few in the coaches and AP, sitting there in the mid-30s team in the country. A win this weekend 
should put them pretty close to being ranked, which is kind of crazy to think after a three and nine season, two weeks into the season, if Northwestern can take care of business, they could be in the top 25 and be in the conversation for the Big Ten West. And some interesting developments going on, especially up in Wisconsin that I'll get into later that could face the race. But Northwestern 43 to three, great defensive performance, three takeaways. That was a big key for them and emphasis for them is getting those takeaways. Great uh Line control on both sides. They got pressures on Talia Tungavailo making his first start. He'll probably have better games than that one, but Northwestern really harassed them in his first career start. Then the offensive side of the ball, I mean, not much else you can say other than it was a spectacular, spectacular offensive performance. 537 total yards for Northwestern. Peyton Ramsey looked good. Bowser and Anderson looked like a great two-headed monster out of the backfield. The receivers were getting open. John Rain at tight end. Looking like a playmaker, leading receiver, was getting open, run blocking, doing well, and it's cool to see a tight end. He played well. Fitz also said Charlie Mangieri, the backup tight end, played well. So great start for Northwestern. Now they just got to put their head down, keep working, keep building, don't get caught up with the win, and get right back to it against Iowa. And now speaking of the Hawkeyes, this was the game that on the last podcast I predicted would be Northwestern's best win of the season. Now, Iowa lost their first game against Purdue last Saturday without Rondale Moore and without Jeff Brom. So they were without their star receiver and they're out without their head coach. And they were able to come away with a, a big time win over Iowa 24 to 20 at home. Iowa gets their first home game against Northwestern on Saturday. And they got a new quarterback. Spencer Petrus is now the new quarterback in town after three years of Nate Stanley is now Petrus. He didn't play bad in his first start, 22 of 39 for 265. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He does have a rushing touchdown, uh, a QB sneak that he added in the game. But Iowa's a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now uh, over Northwestern. So Cats got him right where they want him, right under the radar. And... Iowa, I mean, this is a team that's always, Northwestern's always played pretty close, has always been a battle, and especially under Fitz, they've done a pretty good job of hanging in there. And, I mean, Fitz has done a pretty good job record-wise against Kirk Ferentz. Northwestern's won a decent amount of the games that they've played recently. And you know the whole story with Gary Parnett picking out them as, like, their rival and how much Pat Fitzgerald makes this game such a big deal for the Wildcats. And it's kind of turned into a... big-time rivalry game for Northwestern. I mean, obviously, we have the Illinois game where we play for the Land of Lincoln trophy, but Fitz, it's always been rubbing that Fitz is, this is the game Fitz always, always circles on the calendar for when these guys get together. So it'll be a fun one. Northwestern had a three-game winning streak going from 2016 to 2018, but Iowa got them last year in a 20-0 shutout. Really an ugly game for Northwestern, and that's just kind of how it was on the offensive side of the ball. But before that, from 2013 to 2015, Iowa dominated the series. But it's kind of just been split since Fitzes took over in 2006. He won in 2006, lost in 2007, but then won three straight from 08 to 2010. Iowa beat him in 2011. Northwestern beat him in 2012. But then the three straight from 13 to 15 for Iowa, and then the three straight for Northwestern, 16 to 18. So... Kind of in streaks. Iowa won last year. Northwestern looking to bounce back. But Northwestern's actually had some pretty good success in Iowa City. They've won 
two in a row in Iowa City in 16 and 18 and 18. Obviously, that was when the West ran through Evanston. Northwestern got the 20 or the 14 to 10 win, clinching the Big Ten West at Iowa. That was the last time they were there. And today, uh, recording this on a Thursday, they got it. They Northwestern posted just a, a random throwback Thursday picture to them celebrating the locker room with the Big Ten West trophy. So good vibes heading in to Iowa City last time. I was actually able to be at that game. Pretty fun game, especially being a Northwestern fan in Kinnick. Kinnick's a really cool place to go watch a game. Big stadium. We know how the Iowa fans are, very passionate. But it was pretty great to get that win, win the West, and in their house, you know. But they got us last year, so we're going to see how they can bounce back this year. But for Iowa, they still got some guys um, that we know, especially Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver. He's a Holiday Bowl MVP. Um, last year, he actually only was targeted twice against Purdue. Purdue did a good job taking the ball away from – or taking him away. Uh, it's two – uh, two carries for 18 yards, but then he didn't record a catch. He had two targets and no catches. So look for Iowa to get him involved early because he's one of their best playmakers that they have. And then Makai Sargent out of the backfield, he had 11 carries for 77 yards. Tyler Goodson actually had the most rushing yards for Iowa, 16 for 77. They rushed for 195 yards and two scores on the ground, but very uncharacteristic of Iowa. They had two turnovers and 10 penalties for 100 yards. I was a very well-coached team, not very disciplined team, so you don't normally see that. And um, on the Wildcat Report website, uh, Louis Vicaire was able to talk with the Iowa Wildcat Report, um, Tom Cahart, and he talked to him, and uh, Cahart said that uh, he attributes this to maybe some rust. Normally, Iowa scrimmages three, four times. They only scrimmage once, and he expects them to have a bounce-back game. And, I mean, Kirk Ferentz is trying to turn it around. There's a lot of things that a lot of players were frustrated in a quiet bus ride home from Purdue. So Iowa should be ready to go. First game at home, I mean, the, a nice advantage for Northwestern is that they are not going, it's not going to be a sellout of Kinnick. I mean, like I said when I was there, that's an intimidating place to go play. A bunch of people, and the way they have the stadium slanted down, these guys are right on top of you. Not a lot of room on the sidelines, so... That is a plus, but still going on the road. This is the first time they're going on the road with COVID. So that'll be an adjustment just to see how it is. But Iowa, just just kind of an uncharacteristic loss. Like I said, two turnovers, two inter, two or three. I think they had three turnovers, actually. And they were able to just two, no, two turnovers. They lost two fumbles. They had three fumbles in the game and lost two of them. And then their defense allowed some big days to some Purdue wide receivers or players on offense. David Bell, who we who really emerged for Purdue last year after Rondale Moore got hurt, had 13 catches for 121 yards, and he had three touchdowns in the game for Purdue. And then Xander Hoverth, the running back. And then Xander Hovarth, the running back for Purdue, had 21 carries for 129 on the ground really carrying their rushing attack. So a couple big games. Iowa has got some new faces on the defensive side of the ball. And in that article, uh, Kahart says that they struggled a little bit um, on the line, and they had a lot of moving parts on the linebacker core. He says a lot of those guys should be back. But not the Iowa defense that we're used to seeing. Now they could bounce back. It could just be a one-game thing. But Northwestern's offense is also different. So 
this could be just an interesting win. Normally these guys, these games are low scoring against Iowa and Northwestern kind of grinded out defensive battle. So that's kind of what I'm expecting going into this game. And I'm, yeah, I'm really expecting them to just be just like one of those Northwestern Iowa battles that we've seen low scoring, like in the teens, maybe a team, the first team, the 20 can get the win for them tonight, but are this year, but, so the new quarterback for Iowa, new quarterback for Northwestern, some moving parts on both sides on the defensive side, but it's Iowa Northwestern. It's Halloween, two thirty, ESPN. So it should be a fun one on Saturday. And like I said, the line is two and a half for Iowa Northwestern, a road dog, and they played well in that underdog role, right where they want them, right where people can be downing them, and that's where they've played really well in the past. Is when they don't have those high expectations, like last year they're coming off. The Big Ten West title, they won the Holiday Bowl, Hunter Johnson's a five-star, and they have these expectations, and then kind of a letdown. Now that they're not expecting them to be as good, you see how good they play um, in week one. But now they got to keep it going in week two. My keys for the game, solid line play on both sides. Northwestern really dominated the line of scrimmage against Maryland. Want to see that continue, especially the O-line play in Skaronsky's first start against Iowa uh, on the road and first road start in the Big Ten. Keep the pocket clean for Peyton Ramsey. When he had time, he was able to throw it down the field, but he also showed really good uh, mobile ability. Really, for the first time since we've seen, uh, at least for me, Kane Coulter, Thorson, and Johnson and them just seem kind of stiff back there, even though some of them can run. Ramsey looks a lot more comfortable pulling the ball down and getting out of trouble. Even on that touchdown run, Ramsey did a good job getting out of there and out of some traffic and then run into the pylon and getting in there. The next thing, Bowser and Drake Anderson need 10-plus carries each. Now, Isaiah Bowser is the listed starter, but Drake Anderson really ran the ball better. It looked like he had 10 carries for 103 yards. That's over 10 yards a carry, and I think those two need to be kind of the two-headed monster out of the backfield. Bowser's kind of the ground and pound. He had a lot more carries against Maryland, 23 carries for 70 yards, only three yards a carry. His longest run was 13. Anderson's was 37 on the touchdown. So I think both those guys need to get at least 10-plus carries each. It'd be great if they could each get 15. And that would really help balance. And Anderson, just the vision, the shiftiness, the way he's able to get in and out of trouble, I think can benefit Northwestern. And he's got the home run speed that we saw on the long touchdown run. Next one is two takeaways on defense. I'd like to see them keep get, taking the ball away, especially if they can turn Iowa over and give them more opportunities to get back to their offense, maybe create some short fields. Um, on the road, it's always big to win the turnover battle. And the turnover battle has really been a point of emphasis for Northwestern. This is what Brandon Joseph, the starting safety, had to say about what they've been trying to do to get more turnovers in the offseason. Turnovers have been an emphasis for us. Uh, three interceptions last year was not okay. That was a standard that needed to be raised, and we just did that. We just matched it in the first game. So this is what we're going to come like every week Uh DBs have the intentions to turn the ball over. That's a mindset for us. That's what we're going to do. So they only had three interceptions last year. I didn't even realize that. They got three in the first game. So build off that momentum. It doesn't have to be interceptions, but A.J. Hampton, J.R. Pace, and Coco Zima got the interceptions. And they've made some really nice plays on the ball. And they did a good job covering some really talented Maryland wide receivers. So keep the momentum building. Get at least two turnovers against Iowa. Set up your offense for some short fields. And then I think a big key for for them is to punch Iowa in the in the mouth early. Get a, get them ahead, knock them back, get a big turnover, score first, 
get the momentum early because I was coming off a loss against Purdue. You don't want them to start fast early and get back into the rhythm of the normal Iowa football way. Getting just getting the momentum and then they start grounding and pounding with the run game and they'll pop a big play on you. I think it's crucial Northwestern can get the ball first or early or create an early turnover and score a touchdown, maybe get another turnover and get a field goal touchdown, get up by two scores early. That'll help them control the game. And then Iowa might be kind of like, what is going on? Is this last week? Was last week not a flu? Kind of get them in their head, not get that momentum to change it after the week one loss. I think that is key for Northwestern. And like I said, this is the game that I picked. Northwestern is their best win of the year at Iowa. So I'm rolling with the Cats in a classic Big Ten defensive battle between Iowa and Northwestern, 17-10. to 10. I think Northwestern can get away with the win. Now, probably since I'm expecting this to be a defensive battle, it's going to be a high-scoring game because that's just how it goes sometimes when you predict things. But I want to hear your prediction. What do you think is going to be the result between Northwestern and Iowa? Tweet me at jackhunter 22 I'd love to hear what you guys think is going on with that but that's what we got Iowa Northwestern should be a lot of fun 230 ESPN and hopefully Northwestern can get a win on Halloween but moving on to some news and notes and actually really big news for the Big Ten West is that Graham Mertz had a great game against Illinois for his first start in college Wisconsin blows him out they're looking good then he tests positive for COVID this week and he gets a second test, and it's confirmed. And now I, and now Wisconsin kind of has a little bit of a spread going on now. At least 12 people have had it, including head coach Paul Chris. So now I, or Wisconsin is not playing this week against Nebraska. So this is the first game in week two that the Big Ten has had to cancel. Nebraska tried to schedule a game today, actually, um, on this Thursday, that to try to play Charlotte in place, but the Big Ten said, no, we're only playing conference. So Nebraska is going to get a week off, and then they are coming to Evanston next week, so they get another week or a couple days to game plan for the Cats. But this is a big factor in the Big Ten race. Graham Mertz has got to stay out for at least three weeks, and everybody else who tested positive has to stay out for at least three weeks. And Northwestern plays them on November 21st, so that would be right when they would be coming back. The first game back. So this is going to be a big factor into the Big Ten West race. How will Wisconsin respond? I mean, they're not going to be playing this week, but how's it going to go moving forward? They already had Jack Cohen hurt, and the third-string quarterback was also testing positive for COVID. So a lot's going on in the Big Ten. Didn't have time to build in some uh, flexibility if something like this happened. And now this is the first time we're seeing how it's going to be handled. So something to monitor. And a big factor for the Big Ten race for teams like Minnesota, Northwestern and Iowa, all these teams, it's a big factor to see what is going to happen now with Wisconsin and how it's going to affect the rest of the Big Ten season. And then just in the last hour here on this Thursday, per John Rothstein of uh, CBS Sports, Northwestern has another non-conference game, so the Big Ten and ACC Challenge was announced today, and Northwestern will be hosting Pitt as a part of that. So Pittsburgh is coming to Evanston. This is a rematch last year, the Fort Myers tip-off championship game, which Northwestern lost by double digits. So we know they got a couple games. They're playing South Carolina in their preseason tournament right off the bat, and then they're playing Pitt. It's still remain to be seen if they have any other conference games or not. And what is going on with the DePaul and Northwestern close by? It could work out maybe with COVID and see uh, what's going on there. That game would would be at Welsh Ryan Arena or yeah, Welsh Ryan Arena. So that's all I got for you guys. Hopefully 
we get another win. Last week was fun. Let's see if the offense can build off of what they've done. But Northwestern, the keys to the game, solid line play. Bowser and Anderson, 10-plus carries, two takeaways in defense and punch Iowa in the mouth early. Those are my keys. I'd love to hear what your keys are and your projections for the game. I'm going with Northwestern, 17-10. to 10, And this is what the game I picked to them to be the best win of the year. But that is all I got. Tweet me your predictions at JackHeinrich22. And hopefully next week we're going to be talking about the 2-0 Cats. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Go Cats.